from rehabbing and construction to luxury properties. Andy Polsky and his team are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus and can be found online at apgroupmn.com. Now, here's Andy Polsky. Today's podcast is going to be on on home buying experience and we're focused on anybody that wants to buy a home, whatever questions you might have or specifically uh, first-time home buyers. We've got Paul Marcucci on the show who's a buddy of mine and the way we met actually is he was renting my one of my vacation rentals. They rented it over the winter and we, came, we became buddies. Every time I go up there, he'd have beer or I'd have beer and we, <laughs> we started hanging out. But they rented there for, for a whole winter and now they're renting in Rogers, right? Yep. And they're thinking about buying their first home. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to have them come on the show and ask questions and whatnot. We've got Andy Ream as always my loyal companion and sidekick, and Marshall Saunders, our producer. I'm here. And Megan Marcucci. I'm here. Hi. I'll do a little market update, too. Sure. Yeah, what's going on with the market right now? The market's on fire. Yeah. I'm getting, like, my phone won't stop ringing. Really? And and people looking to list their home, or, or are these buyers looking for? It's mostly buyers. Okay. And right now, if... If you are thinking of selling, I would advise you to, to get on it because <laughs> yeah. there's no inventory. So it's it's a great problem for me as a realtor. I have a bunch of clients coming in right now that want to buy homes, but there's not enough inventory. So it's it's been really tough to find the right homes. The only thing that's sitting on the market is overpriced stuff that people don't want. Right. But if there's anything that comes on the market in the higher price ranges, it's not it's not quite is on fire but i'm saying like way higher like over a million sure because i've got people seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget and we're having a hard time finding them places even so paul what's what's your guys' situation now um give us a little light on on your life like as far as your housing situation we've been renting for about 12 years and uh since we met we've been renting and uh we're looking at buying a house finally with uh, job and everything's good and settled and uh, we just had our first kid so we're just starting to make that transition on we want to look for a place where you know we're not bouncing around we're looking for a place that we're going to be at for a while so mm-hmm. that's where we're at we're we're starting to look at places online but we haven't We've been kind of hesitant on, you know, moving forward with anything, but we're just right now currently looking. What's your What's your biggest hesitations? Uh, just what buying a house is all about. You know, I've been hesitant on it for a while, I guess. Is I just got a lot of questions. I don't want to buy something and end up buying a money pit, you know. You don't want to end up buying a place that you got to dump a ton of money in and lose your investment or, you know, you're putting more money in than it's worth. So, yeah. Just trying to find a place that is right for us, and and uh, yeah, you want something kind of unique too, right? You exa- want you want land or yeah, exact- a log home exactly. type feel. Yeah, and that's uh, I think everybody's kind of got an image in their head of what they want, but you know what's actually out there. You know that's that's a question too. Is you know should I look at buying a piece of land and building a house or should I look at what's out there and just live with what's already out there? That's a question that I'm still hesitant on. Yeah. So as a first time home buyer, I guess one of my first questions would be, uh, when is the best time to look for a home? I guess the answer is always, you should always 
you know, keep tabs on the market. The best time to buy a home is probably in the fall, like leading up, if you want to get a good deal or something, leading up to the holidays Okay, is, is probably the best time. Historically, I would say January is a really good time to buy a home because the market's usually really slow. And that's what I've heard is usually to look for, you know, in the winter time is when. Correct. The last three years, it's been really competitive market in like February and April. But this year we're seeing it early. I think with interest rates so low, there's a lot of people who have been sitting on the sidelines kind of like you thinking about buying. Now they're getting a lot more serious. But we, the last three years, I didn't see that until February. Now this year, as soon as we got past the New Year's, it, it was like a spring market. I've been looking at places that are similar to kind of what you're looking for, but I don't want to be so far off into the sticks. And you start finding places, you know, in town, and, and my God, it's, it's just through the roof on on uh, cost, but real estate's always been a pretty solid investment. I mean, I, haven't, I mean, it's got, if you look at it up close, I guess, yeah, there's some hills and valleys and stuff, but how do you, when you're looking at a place online or whatever, I mean, when, what are you, what are you looking at that's like, oh, it's, you know, this place is worth the money or this place is overpriced or, I mean, because it all seems kind of overpriced to me. I mean, it just, yeah, everything seems so dang expensive, but sometimes something will come up and it's like, boy, this thing seems reasonable, but... I don't know if there's like, uh, I was kind of with him on it. I mean, it's not my expertise. You know, you hate to crap the bed on it and this all of a sudden get into a place that all of a sudden everybody's looking at you thinking, boy, what a sucker. You got you know, work to over there. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to answer that question without picking a specific property and me yeah. saying, yeah, that's overpriced, mainly because it's the highest price home in the neighborhood and it doesn't have as much square footage as this other one. Of course, it's really nice, but you're paying a $50,000 premium. People will overpay for something that they don't have to do any work to. Yeah, move-in ready kind of thing. Yeah, and it really comes down to the specific property. It's okay. impossible to to just say, yeah, that's overpriced. Yeah, but like the best way to do it would be that if you wanted to get a ballpark, would be look at probably comparables and the yeah. You want to see and... the first thing I do is look at comparables, the closest proximity and what sold, you know, in the last month yeah. or or three months. And then you can dial it back to a year, you know, but the best comps are the ones that are the closest and mm -hmm. that sold the most recently. And you don't, I don't usually look at homes that are on the market as, as good comps unless they're like pending and they went under contract right away. Yeah. A question that I have with homes that say there's something with the foundation and I walk in and I don't notice it, who should you hire to have that? Yeah, we gone have, through. Is there we have inspector, been, that's inspectors a, that you? Yep, that's a great question. A lot of these these topics, I'm glad you bring them up because I kind of gloss over them because it's what I do every day. But right. there's there's inspection firms. There you have individual inspectors. You have big firms who have a bunch of employees who are inspectors. But we always almost every deal we do, we put in like a seven to ten day inspection period. So you put in your offer on the home. Say it's accepted. You negotiate. Then you have seven to ten days to walk through the home with contractors, inspectors, anyone you want. And those inspectors are very good. They go in the attic. They check the foundation. They It's their job. That's all they do. They check the furnace. So they go through with a fine-tooth comb, address any issues, meet with you, and show you the issues. And then you can renegotiate on the home if you want at that point. Or you can just completely walk away. So if you find a big foundation issue and you don't want to deal with it, you go back during the inspection period and say, we want to cancel or we need $20,000 
put into escrow to fix the foundation, or you need to fix the foundation before we buy the house. So is that uh, typically something that the home buyer would uh, hire out the inspectors, yep. or do, do, do the realtors help? Nope, the home buyer pays for it. It's usually like between three and four hundred dollars. Okay, for your due diligence. And buyers need to understand also that it's not perfect. There's things that inspectors miss. There's things that they can't even check out. Sometimes, you know, when it's this time of year, they're like, I can't get on the roof. I can't see what's under the snow. You got to kind of take a little bit on faith. And you also have to understand that there's a little bit of liability that you're taking on. And also an inspector could check out a furnace and it's working fine. And the heat exchanger could crack like two days after you buy the house. It's just... uh, there is a, a little bit of buyer beware out there of, for sure. you know, understanding well, that. Well, I think that's, yeah, I've noticed that, too, just even, I mean, just really, you know, mainly talking to people, they, uh, you know, you're buying a house that was built in, whatever, 1920 or, you know, like in St. Paul, I mean, late 1800s, early 1900s, or heck, even like the 70s or 80s or whatever, I mean, there's not, it ain't going to be perfect. I mean, it ain't a brand new build, you know, and so like I've heard friends of mine or whatever, oh, we're going to buy this place, but I'm going to go back after them and, mm-hmm. you know, get them for this or that, and it's like, holy smokes, you know, what do you expect? The place was built 50 years ago. You know, yeah. I mean, not everything's going to be ideal. You know, houses settle, they move around a little bit and stuff. It's, I don't know, how much you find to that? is reasonable or do you find people are overall pretty the the serious buyers are usually reasonable they understand i mean you look at a bunch of homes and you all of a sudden you realize you're gonna potentially have a few issues here and there with almost every home unless it is new construction one good point is the sellers legally are supposed to disclose any issues so if the seller knows of a foundation issue or or the roof is leaking, like anything, they're legally they're supposed to disclose yeah, that. And if you buy the house and you find out afterwards, you you can legally go after them if they if they knew about it. Okay. And as a realtor, as a licensed realtor, if I know anything about the house, I have to disclose it to you too. That's I got a question with uh, new homes. Is there anything that you should watch for when you're looking at a new new construction? Looking, you know, I've heard. Don't buy a house that's built in the winter. You know, is that true? Is uh... I mean, that's a hard line. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily true. But yeah, you might deal with more when you get the humidity. Deal with some cracking and stuff. But you're gonna get that in any home, no matter when it's built. Because if it's built in the summer, everything tightens up in the winter, and it you might get some cracking too. Right. So, I would say build buy from a reputable builder. You know, I mean, it's yeah, the biggest thing because you can you can control. I mean, really, with anything in construction, it's really a matter of how you control the variables that impact it, and whether that's cold or, or hot weather or, or rain. Um, you know, if you got guys who are just leaving their stuff sitting outside uncovered for extended periods of time, that lumber is going to be, you know, of, of poor quality, regardless of you know where, when, or the time of year. Yeah, so the quality of the construction is important. Mm-hmm. Like we we have Lennar building a lot of homes out in my area in Ghana, and the Ghana homes are are far superior to the Lennar homes. I mean, you could just touch a door and you feel okay. This is a solid core door versus a hollow core door. Each builder has their own warranty too. It's usually a year or two. Okay, but then the yeah, state of Min- for stru- yeah, the yeah. state of Minnesota regulates. Everyone is required to have a ten year structural warranty. So if you have any settling issues or anything with the actual structure of the home, within 10 years, they have to legally fix it. Oh, well. So you guys, though, you're not necessarily looking at a development if you're looking at a place. You're thinking about maybe building, you know, kind of a custom home more 
on, on your own plot of land somewhere rather than buying in a, a kind of a more of a cookie cutter neighborhood, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at a so, little bit yeah. more out in the state. So you're going to so. have, I mean, basically you're going to go talk to like, say an architect or an engineering firm or something, get some plans drawn up uh, or, you know, depending on who you go through for a builder, for example, they might be able to draw it up for you, but you'll have a lot of control over what you want. I mean, you could do, and they'll probably have a, a multitude of questions for you on what you actually want to see. But I mean, you could do like a timber, you know, type house. You could, I mean, you could pour a house. You could do, you're not limited to four different styles or five different styles, you know, with uh, the same number of uh, uh, options. You know, a lot of those neighborhoods, I mean, they, they, they have floor plans for, you know, however many of them. And so you probably got yeah. more, uh, there's going to be a lot more options for you, a lot more, you know, questions that they're going to ask you about what you actually want. Are you guys considering building a home or you it's, want to buy an existing it's on the fence yeah we're looking at more something that's already up and ready to go you know that we can just move into um, yeah but it is an option you know if i can buy a piece of land that's affordable and, and yeah so then you'd then be working with at a, a good price a very and, custom builder right at that point there's a few guys that i've worked with up up towards green lake prince and that are that are great smaller companies but you get the attention of the actual owner versus these these huge builders like Lennar, you're dealing with paid employees right? Know, or subcontractors in a lot of cases, too. You know, another question I have, what should people stay away from in a house? You know, what I know, I know you buy stuff that, you know, I wouldn't buy because you look at it as you're going to totally remodel the place. And uh, but yeah, that's a good question, too. Like I was saying earlier, you don't want to buy the most expensive house in a neighborhood or an area, because when you go to sell, that could come back to haunt you. I always advise clients to stay away from really busy roads. You can have the nicest home, but if it's next to a busy road or railroad track or something like that, you're going to lose 50 percent of your buyers right there. So if you love the home and you you see that you're getting a discount on the purchase of it, then maybe go ahead and buy it. But it's a that's a huge red flag, busy roads and railroad tracks, stuff like that. To me, I mean, you know, water problems are, uh, I of mean, course. They, they're, they're kind of a... Um, yeah, homes that are like in a low spot yeah, near Yeah, built wetland. in a bowl, you know, those right. are the worst. Is that something that's usually, uh, when you have an inspector come in, do they usually look for stuff like that as far as, like, the septic? and? Yep, a good realtor will point all that stuff out to you. Okay. And then you have most counties or cities, You, if it's on a septic system, you have to have a, a certified inspector. All they do is septic inspections. They come and they... They have the tanks pumped. They inspect the tank. They do soil borings in the drain field. Like they they go through with a fine tooth comb and make sure the septic's good. Otherwise, the county or whoever the zoning authority is in that area will require the seller to fix it. But a good realtor will, as you're walking through these homes, they'll point all that stuff out to you, and then you have the professionals inspect it. Radon's a big thing now too. I don't know if you're familiar with radon, but uh, no, the, I'm not. It's a gas that actually comes from the ground, and it's, it has no odor or anything. People that have lived in homes for a long time with high levels of radon actually get lung cancer. So you want to have a radon test as well. And it's not a huge deal. It's like if the levels are 4 PCL is the limit that they advise that you get a radon mitigation system. So if the radon levels in the house are high, it's not like the end of the world. They put in this 
system that basically goes in the ground. Yeah, it's like a pipe and fan. Yeah, it's like a pipe and fan, and it takes the radon and and brings it right outside through the house, so it doesn't. It'll bring your levels down. To Is where there it's an not area dangerous. that more has that? Problem no, it's totally hit and miss. You can have neighbors' uh-huh. houses that have none, and then you you know might have twenty or vice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's real hit and miss. Okay, a lot of it has to do with the the slab and yeah. and whatnot too. Yeah, if you, how else? if you have a bunch of cracks in your in your floor or. It's open. It'll collect more levels of radon. Whereas if everything's sealed tight, it'll get yeah. less radon. Well, and part of it, like like so, my house in St. Paul, for example, I it's so poorly insulated. When you said that this, the way the stack effect works, it sucks all the heat out up through the top, along with pretty much anything else that's going to be getting that house. Right. The house is breathing, uh, <laughs> to put right. it mildly. Right. You know, so yeah, bad windows helps. Keep you alive. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's they had those Might problems. Make you cold, but <laughs> yeah, with uh, uh, they're actually they're sealing houses up too tight for a long time. Right. And that's why most of your newer homes will have a air exchanger where they bring in fresh right. air. But they almost all the new homes have radon mitigation also. Yeah, right. So they're, I mean, that's mm-hmm. it's just a thing. When that first came out, I thought it was a snake oil sales type thing. I didn't buy into it, and uh, but the longer it's been around, the more it's it, it's a problem does it change in the season it can it be yeah. like you know uh, winter and there isn't anything and then the summer it's off yeah, the charts it's, it's, <laughs> it, well if you're testing and you're doing those three-day tests and there's a storm outside the the readings are usually off the chart and you might just be fine but you know you picked the wrong three days to test that house and as a seller you know you get uh, you got to do a whole mitigation system based on the fact that there was an anomaly but okay but you know that's all we have to work with right i mean yeah well they got that long test but right. i mean by if you're looking at actually buying a place yeah. i mean that window is way too long for yeah. you know reasonable time to actually i mean the place is going to be long gone sold by the time and, and and if it's something that really concerns you yeah just install they're, a system they're it's, not that expensive no, a couple right? thousand dollars yeah, well yeah, yeah. 1800 yeah, pretty depends. much. Depends I mean, how many floors you got to go through. Yeah, and if you got a unfinished part of your basement, and it adjoins where your garage attaches to your house. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Then you just come up the unfinished part of the basement. You come up with a tube. You go through the garage, and sometimes you can get those for as little as eleven hundred bucks. What other expenses should I expect when buying a home for the first time? Yeah, you always have your closing costs, so you have your title fees, and you have to pay taxes to the to the county um there's a lot of fees you usually figure like one to three percent depending on your loan without a loan you know you save some money but yep if you don't have a loan it's probably around one percent if you have a loan it's usually closer you have origination fees and stuff that's closer to two to three percent okay um obviously property tax and and all those additional expense uh, of home ownership as well do you pay the insurance. property tax up front then when you buy a house, or is that something that? It it just depends on the timing. A lot of times the seller will prorate, so they'll pay it up to the day of closing. Okay. And then you might pay the next couple months or something, wherever the cutoff is. If it's property tax are due in October and you're buying the house in September, you'll pay up to October. But what you're asking is, yeah, like your lump sum upfront costs that you just add. So, you know, you have like your inspector you know, the closing costs, and then if you're doing any, if you got to do any improvements before you move in, moving costs, you know, that kind of stuff. Another question is uh, how much money should a buyer have for a down payment on a house? How much, what should you usually plan it, on putting down? That's an open-ended question, too. Usually, like, the, the banks will want to see 3 or 5%. 
Um, if you can put 20% down, great, because then you don't have to pay private mortgage insurance. Okay. And what private mortgage insurance is an insurance policy that you pay, but it basically insures the lender to, if you stop paying your mortgage, they have an insurance policy that will will pay them back, like if you get foreclosed on. But you pay for it. If you have 20% equity in your home, you don't have to pay for that. You have enough equity that they don't need the private mortgage insurance. But they even, FHA has zero. I helped a client buy a home recently where they put 0% down with the FHA loan, the Federal Housing Authority. Um, but 5% is a, a pretty standard number, I would say. And then how long is the typical sales process, you know, from when you find a house that you like and you want to put in a bid on it? How how long does it typically take? I know it, 30, it can change, but... Yeah, 45 days is kind of the standard now. I usually try to do mine in 30. makes your offer look better. They, they're a little more excited to work with you. 45 days is kind of the industry standard now. So is that from putting your bid in to actually living in the house? Or is yep. that... Yep. So that's like you you put in your purchase agreement. Yep. Once they sign that, everybody signed, and, and you have a, a legally binding deal. It's usually about forty five days. Like I said, most of mine I try to do in thirty, but some of the bigger banks and stuff need more time. And that forty five days is to closing. So then you go and you sign all the official documents. You close on the home, and the sellers give you the keys, and then you move in. Don't cheap out on inspections. Get as many inspections as you can, you know, ba- based on what you have. And if the the inspector comes through and uh, can't tell a lot about the furnace, hire a furnace special uh, specialty to come out and do a, a furnace inspection. Uh, get specialty uh, inspections wherever you can or wherever it's necessary. This is not the time to worry about a, a three or four hundred dollar expense or a two hundred dollar expense for this. Or this is not that time. This is a huge investment. It's well worth your time to and money to pay a little bit more for inspections here or there. Now, does that go with property lines also? Because I know like some people that they purchase a a house and a property and then next thing you know they have issues with uh, their neighbors on who owns what. Surveys are really expensive and they take a little bit of time so boy that would have to really be written into the purchase agreement and it's not standard so you want really yeah. want it. certainly if you're out in the country right? Yeah, yeah you know, that's going to be quite a bit more if you got yeah. you know, expansive property but when clients want to dig into something that much I, I advise them to consult a real estate attorney yeah. and the real estate attorney analyzes all the documents and you can get a survey if you want but like marshall said it's it's upwards of two thousand dollars for a survey we'll <laughs> we'll do a show on on selling at some point soon sounds too. good well you know when you come back in here as a seller you can be <laughs> yep there we go we'll have you back for selling your first <laughs> <laughs> let's get moving yeah exactly well, thanks, thanks a lot for coming in yep thank you guys yeah thanks, yeah, thanks guys me. this has been andy polsky's guide to financial freedom through real estate Andy and the team at the AP Group of REMAX Advantage Plus bring you, the listener, and their clients a wealth of knowledge and experience in real estate, investing, remodeling, construction, vacation rentals, and developing. They can be reached at 763-639-6522 or online at apgroupmn.com. This podcast was produced by Minnesota Podcasting, who can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. 
The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the AP Group, REMAX Advantage Plus, or Minnesota Podcasting.